Sovereign Grace Chapel, located at 135 Annabelle Lane in Beaver, West Virginia, invites you to listen to a gospel message concerning Jesus Christ our Lord. this morning. I will try to be brief. I will be lying to you. Turn to Romans chapter 4 again. Romans chapter 4. That's in the New Testament. We may laugh if some folks probably don't know that. Romans chapter 4, I'll read the verses that I spoke from last time so we can have the, a little more of the context. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof the glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in, in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not, not in circumcision, Amen. but in uncircumcision. And I can add, rightfully so, because thus saith the scripture. Amen. Now Paul in writing about righteousness imputed, and I don't mean to belabor this, but I do hope we can begin to get a hold of this. It is not imputed righteousness as opposed to imparted righteousness, as if there are two kinds of righteousness. Exactly. One imputed and one imparted. It is rightfully said, and I'm sure I will make the mistake. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to run this into the ground. But it is actually righteousness imputed. And that same righteousness is imparted. Amen. But I will, and it's not even my message this morning. I, I say, based upon the word of God, that righteousness imparted must come before righteousness is ever imputed. And the, my basis for that is the scripture. Good seed has to fall on 
good ground. Then, and then only, will the good seed and the good ground bring forth actual lasting fruit. Because that's not my message. Paul, in writing about righteousness imputed here, has Abraham as a prime example of this divine blessing of grace. Sadly, for most folk, it is just a religious phrase, righteousness imputed. Sadly, for most folk, it is just something they read from some creed and have never really ever experienced that righteousness imputed because they have never ever really believed God. Now, I again stress, it's not just that we believe in God, though all who believe God certainly believe in God. We believe in his existence, but we believe God. We believe God is who he says he is in this book. And we do not try to lessen that for any man or woman's sake. But we also believe what God says in his book. And this is not my message. But this book, in this book, God says there is an old covenant and a new covenant. In the Old Covenant, there is no salvation. And in the Old Covenant, it is impossible for man to serve God under and through and in all of those things. Because there are some that's tried to say that God's people are not under the law, but they're still in the law. No. 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 There is no true service of God in and under and by the old covenant. It is only in the new covenant. And of course, Hebrews makes it quite clear when the writer, even in the Old Testament, spoke of a new covenant, he's already made the first old. So Paul here begins using, as I said, Abraham as a prime example of this divine blessing of grace, imputed righteousness by believing God. Now, since every word is to be established by at least two or three witnesses, Paul now calls in David, our brother, to confirm this righteousness imputed. Does he not? Now, he will briefly mention this second witness. And then go right back then to Abraham again, as we could see from the context when I read it. But it's not merely some legal thing that Paul's trying to establish here. Well, I've got to have two witnesses. He don't always give two witnesses. Because when it says, for what saith the scripture, that is enough witness. Yes, sir. Right. Now, did you hear what I said? That is enough witness from the get-go. But notice what is amazing. He says in verse 5, to kind of get to the end of the context, but to him that worketh not, we talked about that, looked at that last time, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. This is a specific kind of faith. Remember, not a flesh faith, not a works faith, a faith that's wrought of God. 
but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Now he has introduced a paradox into the issue. He has. He has introduced a paradox into the issue because God is a justifier of the ungodly. Does God not declare righteous men right? He would if there were one. Exactly. Does he not declare good to actually be good? He would if there were any good but him. But there's none good. There's none that there's none righteous. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. And any good that seems to flow from us, if it is indeed good, it is not because of our flesh and our works. It is God working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And by God's grace, I plan on never abandoning that truth but notice that justifieth the ungodly his faith is counted for righteousness even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works but then he doesn't talk about how he does that have you noticed that he doesn't talk about David's believing God does he now, do you see what I'm trying to get at here? He doesn't use David as an illustration. Remember, he's not a type. He's not a shadow. He's not a, he's a, David was a real, true, bona fide believer in God and a believer of God. He believed God. But that's not what Paul says here, does he? He says this. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, this is what David said, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. Amen. <laughs> you see that? Yep. <coughs> and whose sins, and I can say, rightfully so, without, without adding anything to the con, and blessed are they whose sins are covered. Yes. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. But remember, he's justifying sinners. He's justifying the ungodly. They got sin. They have sin. They have sins. And they have iniquity. But God is justifying them by faith. By faith. Let's look at what is said here from David. Righteousness imputed. Without works is, according to Paul, the equal same thing that David said as to Abraham's blessing. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, the fact is, it can be said here, in spite of their works. Because they have iniquities. Sins and sin. But God has what? He has forgiven their iniquities. He has covered their sins. He will not impute their sin 
unto them. Amen. So again, Paul is quite clear. Though we might say, some would say, well, Paul's looking at the opposite side of the coin. That's okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that illustration. But it is one coin here. That's right. Yeah. With two separate sides. But without the other side, it's a forgery. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's a forgery. Now, God help me this morning to, to be able to present this, and God help me and you to be able to receive this this morning. Faith and even believing God. Dare I say it? Yeah, I will, even though I know some will misunderstand it, and some will brand me with some name, as lately we have been branded. Believing God ain't worth spit unless you're transgressions are forgiven and unless your sins are covered and unless God refuses to impute to you your sin and you don't reach that by believing you believe because God's already accomplished that for you in Christ Jesus now say somebody says where does it say that in this whole book the preponderant testimony of the scripture is this whole book. Yes, sir. He will go on to say, now Paul proves it, but he don't say it right here in this immediate context. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were what? Enemies, not believers. But the exact opposite of a believer, an unbeliever. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Amen. Now, if you weren't reconciled to God when Jesus Christ died, you will never be reconciled Amen. to God. Amen. But I will go further. If you were reconciled to God, you were reconciled to God when his son died in spite of your enmity toward God at the time. Yes. And that's just the way it is. Yes, sir. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So here are David's description. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. Amen. That makes this ungodly man happy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it does not, even though we are no doubt accused of it, it does not make me want to be more ungodly. No, you're right. I wish, and that's all it is, I wish I was less ungodly but I am ungodly and I can't change that can the Ethiopian change his skin well it's all wheel can the Ethiopian just wheel now we know what's his name that pop star he changed the color of his skin but it took surgeries and chemicals hmm but you can't just wheel to change the color of your skin any more than a leopard can just wheel to change his spots only then can those that are accustomed to do evil do what? Good. Good. I'm glad that along with believing, that along with 
Righteousness imputed by faith. I am glad that it has a foundation of iniquities forgiven, sins covered, and God refusing to impute my sin to me. Because that's what I've got to have before believing God is of any value to me whatsoever. Most people kind of see it as. I, uh, I know they don't always say it this way, but they're kind of hoping they're believing God or at least believing in God and, and doing the religious things that go along with believing God and believing in God outweighs their iniquities and their sins and their sin if they even understand the difference between the three. But that ain't so. That ain't so. That's David's description. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And Paul said, that's David saying the same thing we're talking about through Abraham. But yet it's the opposite side of the coin, if you will. Or it's like a fine diamond. Now, I think everyone here understands that. But that diamond that some of you ladies probably got in your, your ring, your, your engagement ring, it didn't come out of the ground looking like that. It just looked like a, kind of like a, a white rock. And someone skilled had to do what? They take that thing and start cutting away certain parts. And they begin to reveal different facets of that diamond. That's a good illustration of this too. That diamond ain't worth spit if you crunch it all into powder. Is it? I mean, they don't even use powder for these blades. It is a diamond bit. It has minuscule diamonds prepared for the job. What I'm trying to get at is this. Believing God is right. But it would have had no value had Jesus Christ not settled the sin and sins and iniquity question. If he hadn't took care of the problem, believing God would mean nothing. Righteousness imputed David said is without works. But look at the works a man does have. Iniquities. See, you see? It's not just a lack of, it's not just no good works, but the works they do have are opposed to the very thing, the very blessedness that is bestowed upon them. You see it? Blessed, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now hold on to your saddle horn. We're going to jump a creek, as O.L.R. Shelton used to say. Hold on now. You got a hold of it now? There are people that want to argue about, well, the iniquities, sins, and sin. Go back and read Psalm 3, 23, 24, and 25 sometimes. Sometimes. I'm not going to do it this morning. Paul changed the words. At least I didn't see a mouth drop. I've seen, I've seen mouths drop here before. He changed the words. The first word David used when it says forgiven is transgressions. Paul uses the word iniquity. Somebody says, what's the difference? They ain't none. They ain't none. But our theologians love to argue the differences. Hmm? Somebody says, what's the difference between sin and sins? They ain't none. They ain't none. 
the, the flow in the stream is no different than the fountain that is producing the flow. Yeah, there you go. It's the same, it's the same thing. The flow is simply the conglomeration of all that's coming out of the fountain. Sin is what we are. Sins is what we do. But I also am sins. And I do sin. So let's not get, as Earl used to say, so heavily binded that we become of no earthly good. And all we're doing is sitting around arguing doctrine with men and women. God help me. I've been there before. And God to some degree has delivered me from that in my old age. Maybe it's just because I'm getting old. And I just don't like to argue anymore. No, now I proclaim and when they meet me in the kitchen or they meet me here and the eyes bug out and the veins pop out, I smile and shake their hand. You just keep preaching the word and keep preaching the word keep preaching the word and eventually they can't stand it no more. And you don't have to run them off. They will leave. They will leave. Righteousness imputed, David says, is, 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 is without works. But it equals this. Iniquities. Forgiven. Righteousness imputed without works. Is it? It's believing God, but it equals even this. Sins covered. Covered from who? Not covered from me. I still see my sins. Yes, sir. But I don't see them as God sees them. Oh, wait a minute. God don't see them now. Because blessed is the man whose sins are what? Covered. Covered so that God, covered by God. In a way that the holy God can say, I don't see them anymore. Amen. Hmm? Yes, sir. I'm not up here just trying to teach you a good little lesson and go through everything. I'm trying to preach unto you the gospel of the blessed God who saves ungodly men and women through Jesus Christ. Thirdly, righteousness imputed without works, according to David, equals this. God refuses. God refuses to put your sin to your account. Amen. I've even heard the argument. It was tried here, and I refuse to engage in it. That It was said along this line. Well, it never says Christ died for our sin, just that he died for our sins. Well, we're damned then. Because God had to take care of the source the fountain, as well as the flow. Because they are no different. <laughs> they are no different. Iniquity, transgressions, sins, sin. It's all the same thing. It's what we are and do in the fall of Adam. And even when God saves you, and even after God saves you, even in light of God's holy law, even Paul the Apostle was forced to confess, to will is present with me. Yes. That's right. We've been accused that we got no will for God's law. We disrespect God's law. We are against God's law. But he said, the will, to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. And he didn't say God gives me that later or any time, did he? No. Mm -mm. 
He forces us because of that. The will's there, but the ability, how to perform it, is not given us even in regeneration. We still don't love God with all we are. But we do love God. We do not, st we do not love our neighbors as ourselves. But we do love the brethren. Hmm? And Paul, well, no, maybe what? The book says love is fulfilling of the law. This is what it says? So off my back, you spiritual transvestites. Huh? Well, you don't know that the Bible talks about spiritual transvestites? What is a transvestite? Well, it's a lot more than this, but it's a man who dresses in women's clothing. Or a woman who dresses in men's clothing. Did our Lord Jesus himself not say, Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing? You so you spiritual transvestites, get off my back. You, you take your error somewhere else. You, you join up with the rest of your spiritual transvestites. Because we, by God's grace, will continue to preach salvation by grace, service by grace, walk by grace, everything by grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's it. Somebody says you're angry. Yes, I'm angry. Because when the glories of my Lord are assaulted, it offends me. You remember, I think it was Calvin said, even a dog will bark when his master is assailed. Hmm? And they're not assailing me. I know that. I know they're selling God's holy word. Exactly. Blessed is that man. Blessed of God. And it's not proven by what he gives you in this world. He may take everything from you. But if he's given you faith. Because he has what? Forgiven your iniquities. Covered your sins. And will not impute your sin to you. You got it all. Amen. If you... Spend the rest of your life in a convalescent home with your arms and your legs unable to use them. If God gave you faith, it's all yours in Christ. Amen. You're blessed. Yes, sir. But my mind, my old mind, the old man said that can't be true. Yeah. And now come on, when things are going good, we feel pretty good. When the bottom drops out, we start wondering. And doubting. Now do we not? Do we not? But this is blessed. Blessed are these whose iniquities are forgiven. <clears throat> and God did it in justice and holiness. Yes. He did not just pass over sin and just let it go. Blessed because God takes inventory of the God-given faith. And he says that's righteousness. That's righteousness. And God will not inventory the believer's sin. You see it? That's why. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not take an inventory of what you are. Aren't you glad? Yes, sir. <laughs> Aren't you glad? Now, if that don't make you a shouting Baptist, you ain't even a good Presbyterian. <laughs> but he's, not, he's dealt with it all. He's dealt with it all, with transgression or iniquities, either one. And he's dealt with transgression, iniquity. he's dealt with sins, and he's dealt with sin. He's dealt with it all for us. That's truly a blessed place to be, isn't it? Hmm. 
So then, righteousness imputed and sin not imputed go hand in hand. <laughs>